What up, everybody? It's Cuff of the Vision Lab Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. If you're looking for the best insurance and customer service, make sure you pick up the phone and dial 972-645-1844. Whether it's home, life, or business insurance, Robert and his staff are the best at protecting you and your family. Once again, that's Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. Agency. The phone number, 972-645-1844. And the website is farmersagent.com forward slash R Garcia. And don't forget to mention the Vision Lab podcast. Welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast in partnership with Nexon Creative. I'm your host, Ryan Cuffey, alongside my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. The Vision Lab is the official growth mindset podcast for all visionaries worldwide, showing mad love to the cigar community. It's here in the lab where we focus on growth and exploring the developmental path of people's visions and dreams and how those dreams come into reality. Yo, I'm super excited about today, y'all. Hey, yo, Mo, what do we have on the show today? Today's guest is a New Jersey native. He is the CEO of Command Your Brand Media. He has been podcasting since 2014. He is the host of Create Your Own Life. Please welcome Jeremy Slate to the Vision Lab podcast. Hey, hey guys. Uh, stoked to hang out with you tonight, man. I, 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 I love hanging out with a couple Texans, man. It's always always makes things a little bit better. Well, listen, we, we're honored, man. And let me tell you all the, the, the power. We've, we've said this before on a number of our episodes. Um, the power of social media is real, y'all. Um, it was a couple months ago, uh, Anthony Trucks, who was on the Vision Lab back in season three or four, um, was hosting a live. And he was hosting it with, with you. And I jumped in and I was like, I immediately texted Mo and was like, yo, I like this dude. I like his content. <laughs> content i like his energy i like what he's bringing to the table man and you know gave gave trucks a shout out obviously and shout out to uh at man a good dude uh make sure you guys go support him and, and his movement as well as you know his episode that he did with us but you know i, I heard this and i was like man look we got to get him on the show reached out uh dropped a couple dms and, and here we are man yeah absolutely brother yeah so let's get into it, man. Um, I, I, like I said before, I love your content. A lot of people uh, down here may not know about who you are, and that's, that's fine. They will after today. But um, when you look at growth mindset, mm-hmm. why is having a growth mindset so difficult for people to achieve? Because comfort's really easy. You, you know what I mean? Like, like it's to, to just kind of like sit in your couch and want net, watch Netflix is pretty darn easy uh, until you can't pay the electric bill and then you can't do that either. Um, but like, you know what I mean? Like a, a lot of people are comfortable just doing that. And, and I think that's the dream we're kind of sold of like what life is like, you know, you work hard so that maybe you can get your two days off a year and, you know, you watch TV when you're not working. And I think, you know, growth mindset, man, is you're either, you're either growing or you're dying. And that's just kind of how life is. Like there is no middle area there is no there is no kind of like homeostasis you're either growing or you're dying and that's just how it is when did you realize when did you realize that fact like when did you come to the understanding of you know what jeremy you're either growing or you're dying like at some point you had to look in the mirror and have a kind of come to jesus moment you know so you know like for me like i was always told like education's the way and like you know like you always got to like keep going to school and all that and and because you know my love my parents dearly and they're they're both um, you know, my dad didn't finish high school. He went back and got his GED later and my, and my mom did finish high school. So like, 
it, it, nobody kind of went to college. So it was like a big thing. So like to do that. So, you know, I went to college, uh, then I studied in Europe and then I came back and got my master's degree. And then you kind of get to the end. You're like, all right, what do I, what do I do with this? I have a history degree. Like what, what do you do with a master's degree in history? So, <laughs> you know, other than like hang out at a museum. So like, you know, obviously like I wanted to teach in college and I applied to one school in, for college and, and didn't get in. And uh, I ended up actually teaching after spending 16 hours a day working at a gym uh, at night and then also uh, painting houses during the day, I finally ended up getting the job uh, teaching. And two years into that, uh, when I was 24, uh, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke. And I kind of realized that like, this isn't what you do, right? Like it's, it's, if you're not creating something, if you're not doing something bigger, you know, you just kind of do this, so you can't do it anymore. And that's it. You know, so to me, it was realizing that this thing I had sold was a lie and learning it from firsthand experience, man, like almost losing a parent is really hard. Like it's especially, you know, early in my 20s, you know, it's in my mid 30s now and it's like perspectives a lot different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, not to go into the past, but obviously yeah. you brought it up with, with your mom. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with actually tearing away from their past yeah. Uh, and creating. Right. Because you're really big into create your own life. Create. You yeah. Know, that's the name of the show. Right. But um, why is it so difficult for people to actually tear away from the past and move forward? Because that's how they identify. Right. You know what I mean? Like they identify by the town they're from. They identify by the people they're friends with. And they fe- I think a lot of people feel like to get rid of that is to get rid of their identity. And sometimes you have to get rid of who you've been to become who you want to become. Mm. And, and, I, and I think that's one of the most difficult things. And, and the thing that kind of sticks us in that is a lot of times we're trying to, I don't know, like live other people's goals and other people's life plans. You know what I mean? Like, this is what your friends want for you. This is what your parents want for you. Or this is what, you know, other people want for you. And you don't really decide what yours is. So because of that, you kind of just get stuck, man, because you're not, you're not seeking what you want to seek. And you, you kind of realize that if you're ever going to be happy, it's not selfish to say, these are the goals I want to live by because you're the one living this life, man. Nobody else can do it for you. And I think that ends up being the question, right? That the ultimate question that everybody yeah. wants to know is why am I here? What is my purpose? Right. And we know that um, you can have limiting beliefs. We know that action will create, right. We know that you can visualize and manifest what you want in reality. But, but, but at the end of the day, how do I know what my, my purpose is? How do I know, what I want to in my life. Yeah. You know, that's the, the, the thing I, I always like to say, and I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm in, like I said, I'm in my, my mid thirties and I feel like my generation's like really bad with this. Like they think like their purpose is just going to hit them upside the head and they're going to kind of know what they're going to do the rest of their life. You know what I mean? Like I I've learned what I wanted to do by failing at a lot of different things. You know, like after I left that teaching job, I sold life insurance. I did network marketing. I tried selling products on Amazon, but somehow left a promo code on my listing and lost all my products in 20 minutes for a dollar. So like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I spent, I spent hundreds of dollars to do that. And I, I like, you know, I was very many dollars in the negative at that point. So like I failed at a lot of different things. And then when I got into podcasting, I had loved it for a long time. And I finally decided, let me just do this as like kind of a side project. Um, so like you have to be willing to kind of work through some things. Like I feel like the education system now is like just not really set up for people to succeed because it's kind of, you just, you learn how to be a student and you don't really learn how to produce anything a lot of times. And I, so I feel like the thing that's missing is, you know, hundreds of years ago, you get an apprenticeship, right? You'd work under somebody that did something so you could learn how to do it. And I think that that's really missing to give people an idea of to decide what they want to do with their life. So I, I think that's kind of one of the major problems we're seeing. 
when you when when I hear the word apprenticeship, I immediately yeah. I immediately start thinking of like, uh, you know, a, 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 a apprenticeship essentially is like the older version of like, hey, you know, get some coaching if you will, right? Yeah, we're in the age now where people are life coaches and 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 you know, it's kind of what we use now as for, for apprenticeship. And your yeah. experience and opinion, right? When it comes to people kind of going down that road, when it comes to like, mm-hmm. I need a mindset coach, if you will, right? Yeah. Um. Do you think that is important for people or do you recommend people having, you know, get that real world experience and, you know, having something almost traumatic happen like you did when it came to your mom, almost losing your mom? I don't know if anybody needs anything traumatic to happen. I don't want that to, I don't want that to happen to him, but I, I would say like, I, I don't think, I don't think coaching really is a good comparison to that because I think like, like, you know, you want to be a plumber, you got to work with a plumber for a period of time and make little or no money. Like that's, that's how it works. So the, the, like the trades still make you do that. Um, but I think there's a lot of, ways to like kind of learn a career or learn a job by working under somebody not like more of a coaching like you know like a lower paid or you know like more of an internship type thing so like that's how you get on the job experience that's how you're able to build a resume and i think like it just really isn't a thing anymore like what kid at 18 years old you know knows what they want to do other than like you know 18 years old i wanted to play in the nfl but i was five five and 140 pounds you're not going to play in the nfl at that size you know what i mean so like at, at 18 years old you don't know what you want to do with your life and you have to kind of the thing that's missing is experience you know so does, does that make sense like i don't think coaching is really the thing i think it's experience absolutely i, I understand exactly where you're coming from yeah i, I would 100 agree right uh, I, I think a lot of times like life coaching is hot right now Right. Yeah. A lot of people want to be told like, hey, this is what we do. I think uh, oftentimes, you know, we're kind of like enamored with these labels. I'm this person or I'm I'm that person. I'm a vegan. I'm a carnivore or or I've got a life coach or or whatever it is, like whatever tickles your fancy. Right. Like, um, why do you think, A, people are so enamored with uh, the labels and, and B, going back to the whole like life coach thing, like. It, it's a hot thing right now. Is it necessary? And we've had life coaches on the show, right? Yeah. Like I'm not knocking it. I think it's, I think it's great, but I yeah. just want to get your take on that. Well, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of life coaches. So you kind of hit me on that one. But like the thing, the thing I'll say is like, I, I think it's a responsibility thing, right? Like I, I people want to make someone else responsible for their life or someone else responsible for their success. And I, I think there's some people in like the consulting world that are really great because they're going to show you like exactly what needs to be done to get that product. But I think a lot of times it comes down to people wanting somebody else to take responsibility for their life, right? Like they want to have the cake, but they don't want to have to crack a few eggs and burn their fingers on the way there to make it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that's the real problem is you have to realize that there's work involved, man. There's, there's figuring things out involved. There's building skills. Like, you know, you look at, you look at, um, there was a guy that came up for the Yankees this year. Um, Chris Kratz is his name. He's a catcher and, uh, he's 40 years old, just came up this year. He played baseball for however many years to finally get good enough to play in the major leagues for a year. Like there's some work involved and everybody's kind of on a different level of kind of what your gifts are and what your abilities are but it comes down to your responsibility and your, your, your willingness to kind of figure it out. And I think sometimes the reason coaching and a lot of the stuff is hot right now is we want to say that's somebody else's problem and not mine. And a lot of times it, it, it comes down to, to yourself and what you're willing to do and what you're willing to take responsibility for. I love that. that that's, that's, that's absolutely dope. Uh, shout out to Chris. What is it? Chris who? I don't remember if his first name is Chris. His last name is Kratz, Kratz. Um, but he's a, he's a catcher for the Yankees. Hey, you know, that, that just goes to show like, the, the commitment that he had to pursue his dream. Right. Yeah. And to make it, make it into a reality. I absolutely love that story. Um, 
so I'm glad we've got you on. Okay, so here's a question that I've been wanting I, I to tend ask. to relate everything to sports, and I apologize for that. No, no, no. It's, it's cool, right? So here's a question. Here's a question that I that I, I want to ask you, right? Yeah. Um, you talked about this this gentleman who's a rookie at 40 years old in the, in the majors, right? Um, and this can parallel to any any trade, any skill, whatever. Sure. Um, how do we compress our time? so that we can maximize the yield. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, if you look at any incredible athlete, right? If you look at somebody like Kobe, you look at somebody like LeBron, you look at somebody like, um, who the heck, uh, Bryce Harper for, for the Phillies, right? You yeah. look at a lot of these guys, they've got talent, right? They have some natural talent, natural ability. And, and but here's the thing, right? Um, there was his first, I think his rookie year, Kobe, uh, rookie year or second year, Kobe's in the playoffs. And he was just throwing up bricks. So after that game, he went, found a local gym, convinced somebody to open it for him and spent the entire night shooting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how you compress the time, man, is you're willing to do more. You're willing to practice more. You're willing to show up more because that's what it really comes down to is, is you really get good at something when something becomes effortless, right? When you don't have to think about it and you don't have to just, you know, like, okay, there's the hoop. Okay. This is how I flick my fingers. This is what, when that's, when you don't have to do any of that and you just do it that's where it comes in. You compress the time by just putting in the work a lot of times. Like that's what it comes down to. You got to put in the work. Yeah. yeah. We talk about that often. Yeah. I can't, um, remember, I can't remember the coach's name, but I think what the saying is basically like, don't worry about uh, uh, doing it. So you don't mess it up. They're like pra practice it so many times to where you can't, to, to where you can't get it wrong. Yes. Yeah. Because like, if you look, you look at a lot of, a lot of guys that, that don't do well and, um, Gosh, I'm thinking of Trent Richardson. Um, and what? Trent Richardson, one of the things he struggled with in the NFL is he he would try and look at the hole, which he didn't do in college. He'd look at the hole, find it, and then run through it. You can't do that in the NFL, man. They're going to hit you hard and fast. Yeah. You can't think if you want to be the best at something like that. It has to become second nature. And, and I think that's what the real difficulty is for a lot of people is they want to rely on just being good enough. You know what I mean? But you, you have to really work at something and commit to something to do that. You know, like I... I I was never going to go professional at something, but I was a pretty darn good outfielder. I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours shagging fly balls. I'd always convince my dad, come hit me some more fly balls. You know, so I'd catch things out in the outfield that they thought were going to hit the ground because I'd dive for them or I'd figure them out. Like, you got to be willing to do that and notice what the difference is. Like, you can, you can, when you become a really good outfielder, you can actually notice by the way a guy's swinging, which way he's going to lean the ball or which way he's going to push the ball. So it's, it's stuff like that. You learn extra things by really putting in the work. The, the, it's like the formula never changes. Mm -hmm. The game may change, but sure. the formula is always consistent and stays Correct. the same. So you're, you're a little bit younger than us, but you know, we're all in that same kind of like age range. Yeah. Um, you said something earlier that I want to go back to as it relates to like millennials and what have you. Like, I think we're all a part of that generation that was told, hey, you go to school get good grades, go to college, get a job. Work there 40 uh, years. <laughs> 40 years, so on and so forth, right? So we have, we're kind of like split. Like we've got older people that listen to our, our podcast and we've got younger people, just like I'm sure everybody else does, right? But, yeah. but we're heavily slanted towards more the older demographic. Yeah. And, and I want to ask you, um, how would somebody that's actually looking to transition to whether it become whether it's being uh, elevating within their current role, mm -hmm. uh, moving up and out to a different uh, nine to five, 
or or maybe pursuing their dream of becoming that entrepreneur that they desperately have been wanting to be for the last 20 years? Like, mm-hmm. how do they make that that actual shift? Wow. So there's a couple different questions there. Um, if you're if you're in your current role, I would find somebody that's really good at that, and I would f- you'd figure out how you can you know do some favors for that person. You know what I mean? Because then you can start kind of you know, get, get in your way in when you can kind of figure out how they do things and learn from them. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's the really good way to, to, when, when somebody else is busy and somebody else is really good at something, start doing some favors for them. And, you know, eventually they'll start teaching you. And, and that's kind of one of the things they'll do. If you're somebody that's looking to kind of go out and kind of do your own thing, you know, I'm a huge believer in building that thing alongside what you're already doing. Like if you're, if you're working at a job or whatever. And the reason I say that is when you need money right now, you make a lot of really bad decisions. And I know because I've done this. You make a lot of really bad decisions. And you may go for the 50 bucks now when you could make you know several thousand later and make a quick wrong decision because of that. Yeah. So you need to be able to make the decisions of what you're doing, not dependent on do I eat ramen this week or you know, uh, do I eat something better this week? I don't know. What, what would be better than that? Like a good burger. I don't know. Something like, yeah. like something not ramen. Um, <laughs> but like you need to like not base your decisions on that. So if you're looking to do that, I would build it alongside what you're doing because you're going to make better decisions. Um, But that means you're going to be putting in some late nights. You're going to be putting in some weekends. And the thing that I think a lot of people mess up on is they don't really get their spouse on board. And I think it's important to talk, to have that conversation like, hey, um, I'm really looking to create this so that we can have X, Y, and Z. Um, It's going to be some later nights. It's going to be some longer hours. How can we, you know, make some space for our relationship still so that I can do this? Because I think a lot of times, people don't realize that until the relationship's gone when, you know, a relationship's something you got to create every single day. So it's making that space for that as well. That's good. That's good. And I'll throw an extra little cherry on top for you because we all have girls, right? right? Little girls, two years and under. Yeah. Um, What about with the kids, the element of the kids? And I always say, don't let your kids be your excuse. Let your kids be the excuse for why you go out and do what you want to do. Right. So talk, talk, talk about that for a second. So, well, the thing that I've tried to do, and I, I guess I can only speak from like how I've done it. Like um, we've tried to make like, cause I do a lot of business travel. We've tried to make business travel work as family travel. So like last year I spoke at an event in, in Kiev, Ukraine. Um, so my wife's like, Oh, I've always wanted to, you know, do a tour of Europe. I'm like, okay, well let's, let's do it. Cause we can write off the, say, surely she didn't say I've always wanted to go to Ukraine. No, nah, no, nah, <laughs> Ukraine was interesting. Let me tell you. Um, it was, it was quite interesting. Um, the rest of Europe was pretty cool. Um, so then we, you know, we, we, we were able to write off the flight there and the flight back because it's business travel. And then, you know, everything while we're there is personal, but we, we went to, we went to London, we went to Ukraine, we went to, uh, Budapest, we went to Hungary, like we, we went to Bratislava, uh, Vienna, like we went to all these different places as part of this. And we brought our, our daughter who was, you know, little over one at the time. So like we've tried to figure out how we can make this stuff experiential and not like, okay, I'm going to work now. Bye. And I, and I think when you're building a business, you have an opportunity to do that, but you have to think strategically and inclusively about that. Like, you know what I mean? I think people a lot of times think exclusively about it. Like, okay, I have to get to this event or, or whatever. And, and I'll, and I'll add to that. Like, I think the thing that works in my favor is I'm in business with my wife. Right. So it's not like she has to go ask her boss off of work because she is her boss. You know what I mean? So I I think that also is important as well. Um, you know, I know some people can't work with their spouse for me. Like, I don't know how I couldn't, right. Because it keeps us on the same page and it keeps us being able to like, you know, be together to do a lot of this stuff. What Uh, is, uh, what does your wife do for you? 
So um, she's been in PR for about 11 years. So she start, she actually developed her whole PR program. Um, and then basically I added my podcasting internet knowledge to the PR side. So she runs um, our team of six publicists. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to do a, a second part to this, Jeremy, and, and smoke together. Or maybe if you do a, a, a trip here. To we got to We got to do it when it's warmer because we don't smoke in the house. And right now it's 19 degrees outside. So I'm not doing it out there. Ooh, you got to love, <laughs> love Jersey in February, right? Yeah. Ooh. No, 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 no. Yeah. Next time you take a trip down south and come here to Dallas, we'll make sure we, we'll, we'll link up and we'll make it happen for sure. Yeah, I, I haven't been to Dallas in a couple of years, but I, it's a beautiful city. Great food, actually. Like, I, I love food in Texas. Like, barbecue like nobody's business, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, allow uh, me to change gears, right? Because yeah. I see the, the, the background that says, command your brand. For those people who are listening and, and are hearing your voice the first time, for those who will see the video and see your face for the first time, what is command your brand? So Command Your Brand is a PR firm that focuses primarily in getting our clients booked on podcasts. Um, we've been going since 2016. And, you know, really what we help our clients to do is to tell a better story. And then, you know, we help to really place them on the right shows to do that. Um, and, you know, you guys know as well as I do, like, I think podcasting is really the way media is going. Because I think a lot of legacy media and stuff like that's dying. I think, you know, if they were able to ever, able to ever take radios out of cars, like that may be the end of that. And I think really, you know, with what you guys are doing, what I'm doing, like we are the media now. So I, I think there's a huge opportunity here for where things are going in the future. Why do you think people listen to podcasts over network radio or, or, or radio in general, right? I'll give, you, I'll give you an example here. So we have one radio station here that's pretty much like the only one you can get because nothing else comes in around here. I don't know why. It's just really in Jersey. Well, I'm I'm in a small town, man. I'm in I'm in Northwest Jersey. I'm closer to Pennsylvania. It's like we have one radio station that comes in strong, and they call themselves Soft Rock, which you if you could ever imagine, it's some of the worst collections of songs all thrown in the same radio. I'm convinced they have one CD, and it just plays on repeat every two and a half hours. So like, like a soft rock is horrible. So like. I don't want to listen to that. And I think, I, I think that's what most people are running into is, and if you look at like Netflix, you look at Hulu, you look at a lot of different things, it's, it's user driven. And so with podcasts, like, you know, people are making a choice to subscribe and listen to you guys. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the real difference is we're not deciding what we have to be given. We're deciding what we want. Right. And, and, and when you're listening to traditional radio and stuff like that, you get what you get, man. And maybe you maybe get to call in every once in a while after you wait on hold for 10 minutes and pick a song. But like, that's about it. So I think what you guys are doing is you're providing people what they're looking for. Right. The, the power is is with the consumer. Right. Yeah. Uh, now, and there's a there's a big shift of, of on, especially with YouTube being as, as big as what it is right now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, people call it YouTube University. Right. Um, you'll, you'll go to YouTube first, maybe you'll go to Google and then YouTube, right. To, to find out whatever information that you want to, you know, find out. Um, and, and I think that's going to be really, I'm, I'm super interested in how a, the younger generation is going to, uh, absorb that information. Number mm -hmm. one, number two, I, I'm super interested on how this is going to shift our brains how this is going to change because we're we're literally in the middle or maybe at the very beginning of a cataclysmic shift on how we are actually consuming content, yeah. learning it, and then deciphering what that means. That's a really, really valid point, though, too, because I, I, I really think because um, 
people don't read as much anymore. And I think it's because of video and stuff like that. I like, I don't want to say people are lazy. I, I want to say that like the modality has changed of how people are choosing it. They're like, well, I could listen to Audible or I could read the book. I don't really have time to read the book. I could definitely do that. So I think we're, we're kind of seeing this massive shift in how that is. Now, the thing that does concern me about is it does concern me that like literacy may change. Um, and if we lose literacy, we then lose the ability to have that, that thing that people are listening to. So I, I, I think it's a, it's a weird balance, but it's, it's consumer driven right now. Right. I, I completely agree with you. Um, and I listen to audiobooks too. So I'm part of the problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but I think there's, there's going to be something birthed out of this. Like mm-hmm. I completely 100% agree as we consume content instead of reading it, cracking open a book, right? Yeah. Our literacy rates will go down, but what will increase? You know, that, that's, that's such an interesting dichotomy. right? And, there. and, and so th- this is how I got through grad school, right? I found the audio version of every book that I listened to. I listened to a tale of two cities while doing a Madden dynasty. I got through 12 years of that damn thing too. Why I did it. Um, so like if you're able to, to kind of figure out how to use this stuff for, you know, to learn correctly, you know what I mean? And actually like get what's out of it. Like there, there is a bigger world that can open to you, which is really interesting because there's, you know, like to have to, to have somebody in their, you know, late teens sit down and read a book like Charles Dickens, A Tale of Two Cities. You got to really love that to get through it. But if you can listen to somebody read it and act it out, like you're actually opening the door that people that may not have listened to that. So I think it's a really kind of interesting ability to get people's foot in the door, you know? No question. No question. So let's 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 switch gears for a quick second here. 2020 is finally over. We put it to, <laughs> Thank bed, God. A couple, we put it to bed a couple of weeks ago. Um you know, 2020 is 2021 is is not off to a bad start. Um, what are some practical ways that people can actually move beyond 2020, right? Like, what are some rules, or I don't want to say the word rules, but like, what are some things that we can do daily to 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 move forward and, and get beyond 2020? So what we do is we're going to get a collective of people. We're going to collect every calendar with the year 2020 on it. And we're going to light them on fire. Now, um, <laughs> no, you know, here's the thing we talked about earlier, like not living in the past and not letting that define us. Um, like I'm a big believer in adversity is something that makes us stronger. Um, and if you can look through some of the things we, we were through last year, like I, I think it really is a huge teacher for what we can do and what we can get through. And it's, you know, there was some innovation and stuff like that that was created, you know, like the way schooling happens changed vastly. And I think that our university system is going to be hugely disrupted by that. So I think the thing to take a look at is, is what did we get from this? But also at the same time, like, what do we need to get back? Right? Like, I think we've lost, hum- we've lost humanizing aspects of a lot of different things. I know uh, I was chatting with you guys about, you know, our, your, your uh, cigar lounge is open by you because by me, they've been closed. And like, I've really right. missed it because I have a lot of, I, I go hang out with all my, I'm not Italian, but I hang out with all my Italian friends at a cigar bar. That's like what we do. Um, and I, I haven't gotten, gotten to hang out and see those guys. And I, and I think it really has changed the social aspects of us. So it's kind of a balance of, we need to bring back what was normal and what we do, but also take a look at the innovation of what we got out of it. Like, because we did the workplace change, a lot of stuff changed, but we can't lose people, man. That's what's most important. I completely agree. Yeah, I, I definitely think the 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 virus and its and its effect is almost like the perfect weapon. Like, you know, wherever it came from, if you will, or you know, however nature decided to to, to construct it, you know, let me create something that will stop humans from interacting with one another with one with one another, which is like yeah. the most basic need for for a human being is to interact with somebody else. It's an amazing thought process up behind it, right? Um, so 
with command your brand and well and can you- i just add something to that too like 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 if you guys tried to take your kids to a playground recently like like it's oh, even we- it's even weird when they see other kids like 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 i had another my 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 two-year-old's like the most loving little thing ball of energy you've ever met she tried to hug another kid and the kid pushed her off the slide because i'm gonna get sick if i touch you and it's like i it, it's it's you know, there's going to be a generation of kids that are going to need like some therapy or something, man, yeah, because it was a weird year to form, you know? Listen, this is a this is a deep-rooted problem. Yeah. As we're conditioning, like these kids in 2020 from last year, like that's what they're going to know. They're going to remember that. And a lot of times the ways that the way that our brain is shaped and molded, yeah. The impact, the residual impact on what, you know, last year did, I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm hate to say it this way but i'm really anxious to see how that plays out yeah right? like my like my daughter has been like putting masks on her dolls and stuff like that and it's like at the same time like i i want everybody to be safe but like i don't want them to have to think that way like you know what i mean I like like yeah yeah life. that's weird yeah um i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna change the tenor of things but before, yeah, go I, for it. before I do that cuff let me say thank you to the good folks at class a baca crystal and tim thank you guys for all your support visionaries Get yourself a bottle of Class A vodka. Uh, the, the Instagram is at Class A underscore vodka. Class A is with a K. Uh, the slogan is Class Every Glass. And as soon as you taste it, you understand why they say that. Crystal and Tim, thank you guys again so much for your support. Um, so you're in this space now where, you know, it, you, you answer to you. And I like the fact that, you, that your wife works for you. So she, no one has to worry about a PTO request anymore. Which I, <laughs> I, I, I'm dying for that life. But when it comes to succeeding and whatever whatever uh, arena that somebody listening to the show wants to do, yeah. you have courage, you have charisma, um, you have skill sets, and you have confidence. Mm-hmm. Out of those four, what do you think is actually most important? Well, the most important one's missing, and that's communication. You know what I mean? And because it's the ability to communicate to anyone. It's the ability to, you know, we, we talked earlier about like, you know, if you're in business with your spouse, like you got to let each other know what's happening. You know what I mean? And I, I think like the most important agreement I have with my wife is we say what needs to be said without the intention to, you know, verbally hurt the other person. And I think that's really important because we've probably all met people in our lives that like they say something, but they say it to be right and to injure. And and I think that if you can communicate right, you can get your ideas across. You can change a lot of things. You can get some things done. You can make some things happen and you can have a happier life. Like communication is key to anything, right? Like you're alive as you communicate. And I think that's a really important thing to be thinking about. I, I think that it's, it's underrated too. You know, yeah, 100%. The, the value of communication is so key. You look at any person that's, that's wealthy, mm-hmm. most of the time, well, I would say every time, 100%, right? They know how to communicate what they want to happen. They may yeah. not. Ha- they may not know how to do it, but they know who to get to do it for them, right? They may not have the bandwidth to actually uh, ex- uh, uh, execute, but they know who can execute it for them. They can communicate what they need to be done. I think that's a great point, uh, Jeremy, and one that I've actually never thought of. It's um, vital. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so, whether you're dealing with your wife, who's who's your business partner or employee, however you want to look at it, right? I would, I would venture to guess that you're going to say business partner, business partner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, whether, I work for, her, if anything, I work for her, there but yeah, you go. exactly. Um, w- whether you are in business for yourself, uh, or you work for somebody, what have you, um, why do we, why do we struggle so much with communication? You know, 
it's this whole ability of being able to to confront something. And I don't mean it like, hey, you just did this. I'm going to confront you. It's more from the the standpoint of like, they can't look at you and say what they want to say to you. They're going to do what's going to be easier for them, which is to send you a text message or something like that, or, you know, to send you an email or whatever. Cause like confronting that person is hard because you actually have to be there, be present and communicate to that person. So I, I, I think that's, that's really what it is, man. Like people are scared and they're nervous and, and they don't want to have to say what they need to say. Even if it's not a bad thing, they'll take the easy way out. Like, you know what I mean? They'll send you a text message. Oh, sorry, I can't make it. What you couldn't talk this out to me and tell me what's happening. Like what's happening. So, so what I hear you saying is technology is hindering us. Yes. Right? And we're fearful of confrontation. Correct. Yeah, technology crazy. has definitely been like the ultimate crutch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I text you and, and you say, Hey man, oh, I never saw it. Like, really? My phone's acting up. Like, come on, dude. Like this is 2021, man. Like yeah. that, like, Anyways, I, 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 I hear exactly what you're saying, brother. Because because people, they, they, they don't want to, I don't know, sometimes be the bearer of bad news or they don't want to, like, ruin somebody else's party or whatever it is, you know? It's a hard, I think people have the hardest tying no. It, it, it baffles yeah. me. If you ask me, hey, do you want chocolate ice cream? No, not that hard. Whether you spent $500 on that chocolate ice cream, it doesn't change the fact that I don't want it. And I, th- I just think it's incredibly crazy like that if you buy chocolate ice cream and you say, hey, do you want some? Mm-hmm. I-, I can tell you no. Like, I'm not interested in the chocolate ice cream. Yeah. I don't care if you spent $5 or $500, right? But like me cowering and sending you a text message or an email or, or whatever t- because I don't want to hurt your feelings or or I'm too afraid of of of, of hearing or, or saying the words no to you or not interested it yeah. just baffles me well you know what cuff i think one of the things about that too though is like people are inherently good like you know there there's a very small percentage of people out there that, that, that are just bad dudes but like people are inherently good and it, one of the things comes down to they just don't want to let other people down and I, and I think it's like it's actually painful to people to to say no i don't want to do that because they feel like if they're saying that they're saying what you want to do is wrong and it's like that's not the case it's just you know I'm busy. If I said yes to everything, I I wouldn't have my own life. So I think like letting people down is is difficult for a lot of people. When it comes to letting people down, is it if you're the person who's in a position to where like, hey, if I don't get this done, I'm gonna let somebody down. Is it a is it us being victim of our, our of our egos? And that's not necessarily just for men in general. That's just people just people in general because. Yeah. People have egos, and, and it's one of those things, like you just said, like, I don't want to let you down. I don't want that to reflect badly on me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in my personal opinion, like, it's a whole lot better to, like, hey, check your ego at the door, and, you know, maybe things will be a little bit more productive versus you just trying to stand on something and, you know, beat your chest. I, I would agree with you, too. And I, I think it's also, like, like looking at the situation and saying, is this a life or death situation? Is this something where, like, this person really does need me? And I, th- I think it's kind of, like, coming to grips with what that is but you know some people just suck too and they're they're just gonna say no all the time i'm just i'm not i'm not gonna give them an excuse man like there's a reason that everybody can't play with Kyrie irving and i'll tell you the problem it's Kyrie, you know so it's like there there there's there's just some people like that you know yeah so so i'm glad you mentioned that so Kyrie's a great ball player right i i think uh eagle will keep you from greatness uh but confidence will prepare you propel you towards greatness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you differentiate between being being egocentric and confident? 
So I think a really great example is just basically giving you another basketball player, LeBron James. And the thing that makes LeBron James better is, you know what? If that team needs a point guard, he'll be the best point guard on the team. If that team needs a power forward, he'll be the best power forward in the team. So it's willing to take a look at the situation and see what's needed in that situation to be kind of the best result for everybody. It's like, it's an optimum solution, right? The best solution for everybody. It's good for me. It's good for you. It's good for the world. It's good for everybody. And I think when you can kind of look at things that way, I think that's how you're actually going to get, get the most things done. You know, it's like in, in, that's what real leadership is, right? Like it's, it's willing to look at what needs to be done, be willing to do the work and not complain about it. And, and, and I think that's the huge difference. Who's the best leader you've ever been around, Jeremy? Damn, that's a good question. Uh, you opened the door. I had to walk right through it. Oh, man. So um, I'm going to say my wrestling coach in high school. And the reason being is I was not a very good math student. And he was actually, he was actually uh, my Algebra 2 teacher. Um, and he knew well enough what I was struggling with that he was willing to stay and do extra help and even tell me, Hey, I'm not going to let you wrestle if you don't figure this out. So like, you know, somebody that was willing to, to do what they thought was best for me because they knew it was best for me to kind of get through school. Um, so I know it's on a basic level, but for me, it was that wrestling coach. He was a Navy guy. And I think they're all kind of like that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they're they're wired a little bit differently. Oh, dude, are they? You know, you, you, I'm imagining, you know, you in high school probably were hesitant in asking questions, right? I think oftentimes we... So we, in math class, I was hesitant in asking questions. I was a, I, I, I kind of found out later there was just a, I kind of glossed over a lot of things I didn't quite understand. You know what I mean? Like they use all these like crazy terms in math and you're like, you don't want to be the one to stand out and say you don't get it. Um, so like I never really asked for help early on until kind of that teacher realized it. Um, like, you know, in history class like i have a memory like you wouldn't believe so like i was i wouldn't shut up um or you know in in literature class or any of those like but math was the one i was quiet in the other ones i was loud in i just think it's so interesting that there there are specific points in our lives that we can obviously retrace and remember you know that Mm -hmm. in high school you know um history science etc you were good at yeah when it came to math there was there's a trepidation or hesitation or call it fear right Mm -hmm. to ask those questions and and i wonder how that affects us or maybe you could speak to how that affects us long term as we get into our mid-20s our early 30s 40s so on and so forth so i can i guess i can only talk to like how it was for me like it kind of gave me perspective and um it really made me want to make sure that I fully communicated to ways and people that you know, to the people can understand. And cause when I, when, when I look at like why I struggle with math, it was just, it was a lot of complicated terms. It was a lot of things I didn't ask questions about. So it's kind of made me when I'm teaching a process or when I'm kind of like, you know, building something so somebody else can use it. I'm kind of making sure, okay, did you get that part? Cool. What does that mean? Yeah, cool. So it's like, you're kind of making sure that people are tracking with you um, because you know, until I had that teacher, somebody to do that for me. So it kind of like gave me perspective on how I create and how I teach. What do you try to teach people now? Like you, 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 you've been podcasting since 2014. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, you got a successful company, a successful show. So you learn some things along the way. What is it that you try to make sure that you kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, impart on people that you encounter now? Because so you're, for- you're on the other side of the fence now. You're the teacher. So for me, um, like there's, there's two sides of it, right? Like there's the side of it where, 
Um, I want people to know that they were meant for more and they can do more. And, you know, I'm kind of teaching them how to kind of get past their own stuff. Um, cause we've all got it, man. We've all got stories we tell ourselves. Um, you know, the other part of it is like, I, I just understand how like the right PR and branding can really help the little guy compete. You know what I mean? That's how you stand out. That's how you're different. That's how you can like make people remember you. So that's really where, you know, it depends on like where you're talking to me from. If it's for my own podcast, I want to know what makes people tick so I can show other people that. But if you're asking me like, you know, what do I do every day at work? Like I'm teaching people about branding. I'm teaching people about like understanding, like how to make yourself different and stand out. And like, you know, with what you guys do with, with doing it around cigars and stuff like that, like that's different, man, that stands out. That's, and, and I think that's, what's memorable to people. So you really, if you're really going to stand out and compete, you got to have a brand that people remember. No, I completely agree. And thank you for that too, Jeremy. Um, we, we felt like, and it's no secret at this point, right? We're, we're knocking on the door. We're about four months away from, from two years of, of, of being in the game. Um, mm-hmm. We hope to elevate one day to, to your level. Right. Um, you know, but, but we looked at this, the, the cigar podcasting uh, industry landscape. segment in the landscape. There's nobody, there's absolutely nobody that is doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're having great conversations. We're educating. We're informative. Um, it's growth mindset. Um, it's entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. All on the backdrop while you're while you're smoking one of these things, right? Um, and there's nobody out there. Like you can get thousands of cigar podcasts out there that are that are doing reviews. And you know, this is a um, a Maduro wrapper. It was it was out of the um, you know whatever region and. It's got this many, it's got this note of coffee and this note of whatever. It's like, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I like to smoke cigars and I think my partner Mo is the same way. We like to smoke them just to enjoy them, right? Like I, I don't want to get into, I don't want to be like a, 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 a scientist, scientist or a connoisseur. But, so, so, but here's the, here's the, here's the point to that is you guys aren't just creating a podcast. You're creating a lifestyle. Correct. And, and, and that and that is what people can buy into because they can be part of that. You know, and I, and I think when people really understand good branding, people really understand like the right differentiation. Like you guys aren't building a podcast. You're building a lifestyle that other people want to be a part of. That's it. That's 100 percent. And back to what you were saying, as it relates to we always say help, helping people become the better version of themselves. Right. Uh, I can't tell you how many times we've been approached or someone said, hey, thank you for X, Y, Z episode. This has helped me get through A, B, and C, or I learned so much from this particular episode. This is great. You know, it's just, it's really cool, man. I think the podcasting world is, is incredible. Um, and, and as it relates to, you know, specifically to a brand, I think we've done something that carves a niche that no one else is doing in the, in the yeah. space. No, I would agree with that. Like, and, but like I said, it's, you know, you're creating a lifestyle and I think that that's what really stands out because there's, you know, I could, I'm going to run out of fingers, toes and hands. If I try to count the number of shows that are just another entrepreneur podcast, like that, it's just, it gets a little bit ridiculous. Right. So I think that's why you got to create something different and create something people want to be a part of like you guys are doing. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. And, and while we're on the subject of cigars, Cuff, allow me to say thank you to the entire family of Dallas sleep LLC. Um, visionaries, if you're listening, whether it's cigars with my personal favorite, uh, the Bishop, um, smoking, or smoking on a bishop right now. Hey, amen. <laughs> I was the bishop cigars. They're, uh, they've got an entertainment wing. They have a, uh, a charitable uh, arm of the company. If you're looking to get something productive done, 
make sure you get with Dallas Sleep LLC. The Instagram page is at Dallas Sleep LLC. So, Jeremy, you talked a little bit about cigars. I'm curious, um, what do you smoke or what do you like to smoke? So I'm usually getting Romeo and Juliet's and I like the dark relief too. They, they, they smoke a little bit differently. Um, so that's, that's kind of, kind of usually what I'm doing. I'm usually doing either those or the big Romeo's too are kind of fun. Okay. And then how long have you been, uh, you know, indulging in, in the cigar game? Since my early twenties. So, you know, probably a good 10 years. Oh, good. And the thing, the thing I like too, is when we go, we go like to the islands or something, you can go when they actually hand roll them and buy them that way. Those are pretty cool, man. Absolutely. Um, or then when we were in Italy uh, last year, we got these like these like little skinny ones. Um, they're, they're really, really cool. So it's I, I like a darker cigar, though. They, they burn differently um, and they, and they kind of smoke differently. For sure. For sure. Now, what made you even dabble into, you know, the cigar game? Produced? Yeah. Um, you know, I trying to remember what it was. So I think it was literally just my cousin started smoking cigars. So I did. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. And then I kind of, you know, he stopped, but I kind of was, I really enjoyed it. So I started going to the lounges with some of my friends and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of been something I enjoy. Have you, have you noticed, uh, oh, you, you've been smoking for 10 years, so I'm sure you have, but have you noticed like the, 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 the change and the evolution of, you know, cigars and lounges and, and more and more people, you know, uh, taking part of the industry it just seems like it's become a lot more prevalent you know what i mean like a lot it's become a lot more normalized like i've, I've noticed a lot more women smoking cigars which is surprising because it, you know, it kind of used to be like a taboo thing yeah um so it's it, it's become a lot more normalized which has been more surprising to me completely agree man and we've been privileged to see and speak with uh, a number of people um you know, women in, in, in particular, right, that, yeah. um, that, that that have their own cigar lines and cigar brands. And it's really cool to see the evolution of the industry. You've been smoking a little bit longer than I have. Um, but, but, you know, obviously with us doing the podcast. But I look like I'm 12, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, when you said you were like, you know, mid 30s, I was like, I don't even shave, man. Like, come on. Awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, but, but it's really, it's been really cool to, to, to see the, the evolution and the growth of the industry. Uh, a lot of women, uh, being prevalent within the industry, a lot of women, um, starting their own cigar brands, uh, mm -hmm. being cigar ambassadors, being cigar influencers. Um, so I, I think it's really cool. And, and what I love about it also is that the cigar industry has been very accepting of women stepping out, being more emboldened. Um, and, and saying, Hey, I, you know, I'm beautiful and I smoke cigars. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's really cool to see the cigar, I guess the men in the industry wrap their arms around them and say, well, we welcome you. Right. It's not that good old boys, uh, you know, cigar network, like it used to be probably yeah. 40 years ago. Yeah. It, it's, it's quite interesting because it's like I said, you just, you, you just see, you know, all different nationalities, different sexes. Like it's just, it's definitely different than it was like, especially, you know, you know, five, 10 years ago, it's, it's a huge difference for sure. Well, I, I I've said this earlier, man, I, I really hope there's an opportunity for us to, to link up, whether we go up to Jersey or 
or you come down to Dallas or we meet out in California. I got to look you guys up when I'm in Dallas, man. The food, the the food's better. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, listen, don't, I'm not going to sleep on Jersey either. My, my we got pizza and Taylor ham. That's about it. (laughs) My wife, her family is from the city, right? They're from the Bronx and they, um, they got family out in Jersey as well. So, uh, I I definitely want to get back up there. Um, and and if we do, you know, I definitely going to look you up for sure. Well, you let me know, man. We'll check out one of my cigar places up here. There's a couple. There's a there's a few cool ones. I, I'll keep a whole day, you know, earmarked just for Jeremy. <laughs> well, uh, Jeremy, it is uh, time for us to do the, as the, we start the descent of the show. It's called uh, we call it landing the plane. It's okay. By the good folks at Grand Brulot Cognac Cafe. Thank you to Francisco, the owner. Thank you to uh, Jameson. Thank you to the lovers team. Thank you to everybody who's in who's played a part in this partnership. We are definitely looking forward to big things uh, very very soon here in 2021. Um, one of the questions, Mo, 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 you look like you've been working harder on yours than Cuff there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. It's great, <laughs> it's great with coffee. It's great with coffee. When we when we see you, we'll make sure you get a taste. Absolutely. Um, one of the questions we ask everybody on the show: It is you at a round table, and there are five other seats. Who are the five people you want at your table? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Dave Grohl from the food. They, wait, here, here's a caveat to that. Do they have to be living or dead? Great question. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. Uh, Mariana Rivera. That's two. Um, hmm. God, there's so many. Michael Vick. Um, fastest man alive. Uh a lot of athletes. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? I got three. Um, pause for effect. Pa- I'm pausing pause. for effect because I'm like I'm like there's so many. Um, <laughs> we talked about one earlier before we went on. Ayn, Ayn Rand would be another one. I'm a huge Ayn Rand fan. Uh, she's been dead for a long time. Uh, who else? I get one more. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like LeBron would bring some good cigars and have some good stories. So let's bring him in too. We got five. Got a champion for sure. <laughs> two, two, two champions. Absolutely. Um, that was a great list. That was a great list. What would y'all talk about? What would we talk about? That's that's so different. Um. It's a very eclectic room. It's like, a very eclectic group. I'm mean, like, I, yeah. I think the only thing Ayn Rand would talk about is economic theory. So I, I don't, I don't know how the other ones would fit in with that. I can see um, LeBron buying into that, though. You know, I, I it's going to turn into a, a, a uh, it's going to turn into a workshop where Mariano is going to teach everybody how to throw that cutter because um, <laughs> nobody can hit that damn thing. I love it. I love it, <laughs> uh, Jeremy. So tell us real quick, all of our visionaries that are still tuning in. Um, how can how can they get a hold of you? How can they uh, follow, subscribe, yeah. check out your podcast, all, all your social media handles? How can they follow you? So if they want to uh, check me out on the podcast side or anything on the personal brand side, it's jeremyryanslate.com. And that's my handle on all social media. Uh, or they can check us out over at commandyourbrand.com. Love it. Love it. Love it, man. It's been absolutely a pleasure to have you into the lab. I've got two more questions for you, Jeremy. Um, what is the long-term vision for one Jeremy Slate? New York Times bestselling author making huge change in the world. That's Absolutely that's that's it. succinct right there. Love it. 
Love it. Very, very poignant, very succinct. Um, in case you didn't know, we do have a magical time machine in the lab. Ooh, I like those. Okay. So what would today's version of Jeremy Ryan Slate, what advice would he be giving you from five years ago? So you're five years younger. What is today's version? What advice is he giving you from five years ago? Enjoy the ride. You know what I mean? Because I think too many times, like I didn't want to want to be somewhere else. I want to do something different. And like, I look at each point, each thing I did and I need to do it in order to be where I am. No, we hear that a lot. I think there's something to that. You know, we, we heard a lot of people made, made fun of the 76ers and, 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 and bead and talking about trust the process, but I think there's a ton of merit to that. So yeah. enjoy the ride uh, while your hands are in the dirt. Now let's fast forward the clock uh, five years from now. So you're a little bit older. Um, what advice is the older version of yourself? What is he saying to you today? Hmm. Older version of myself. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to be down the road. You know what I mean? So it's like, I love that wheels. Those wheels are just turning right now. I I really contemplate these things though, man. I just don't want to spit something at you. Um, Yeah, I, I just I would just say, you know, make time for the things that matter, because I think sometimes I can get deep in a project. I can figure out what I'm doing. So I think I think that would be it. Dig it. I can dig it. Make time for the things that matter. I absolutely love it. Well, well Jeremy, listen, um, again, thank you, sir, for answering your DM and uh, shout out again to Anthony Trucks Identity Shift. Make sure you guys check them out. Also, make sure you check out Jeremy Slate with this podcast uh it, it's absolutely amazing man we we are such uh an honor to to be in the presence of you uh and, and blessing us with with some real heavy content man i think it was great hey i uh, thank you guys so much for having me absolutely absolutely so to all of our visionaries that are tuning in thank you so much for continuing to support the vision lab podcast remember each one of our guests are dro- dropping nuggets of wisdom here on the trail of life ultimately my friends it's up to you to pick them up Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. The voice you've been listening to is Jeremy Slate. He is the CEO of Command Your Brand Media, and he is the host of Create Your Own Life podcast. Jeremy, thank you so much for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week on another great episode of the Vision Lab podcast. Blessings. Blessings.